Or it tames a bunch of badasses If you know what I mean They're coming out of the sky Out of the sea And on land Gonna take it to the enemy Lock it low, boys Time to explode, boys Make sure you get home, boys They got your back The pride of the fleets The bright swinging frogmen Of the U.D.T. Hey folks, Commander Mark Devine coming at you with the Unbeatable Mind podcast. Welcome back. I'm excited to come at you with a guest today uh, named Ryan Michler, who actually have been on his podcast, um, and he runs a show or a program called The Order of Man. So we're going to talk about what it means to be a man in manhood. Before I get uh, um, you know, kind of into this with Ryan and introduce him, I wanted to just remind you guys that the paperback edition of The Way of the Seal has come out uh, last week. You can find it on Amazon or in Barnes and Noble and that kind of thing. And it's cheaper. Uh, so if you're looking at buying, you know, bulk stuff, then that's the way to go. But um, it continues to be such a cool uh, book. Uh, I keep getting, you know, amazing feedback on it and it's, you know, it keeps on growing. So it's pretty cool. If you're looking for that, then uh, now you can get the paperback edition. So there's my little advertisement. And, um, I get paid to say stuff like that, right, Ryan? We have to That's do right. that. Right? That's right. Welcome, welcome, buddy. It's good to <laughs> good to hear your voice again. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. It's funny you actually bring up the way of the seal because I, I that's how I was introduced to you as I picked up that book from Barnes and Noble or something like that, mm-hmm. and I read through that book in a couple of nights, and I'm like, man, this is awesome. And I, there was no way in a million years at that point I thought I would be talking to you <laughs> when you were on my show and talking to you now. So I'm ex- I'm stoked to be here. Yeah, thank you very much. It's cool. So tell us about yourself. Where where are you right now? Are, give me a give us a mental snapshot of kind of who who Michael is and where where you're at and what's going on. Yeah, so I uh, run. I'm the founder of Order of Man, so which is a it's a blog and a podcast. So we're dedicated to helping men improve their lives. I, I what I really saw here was that there was a huge need for action. There's a lot of information out there. There's not a lack of information, but there's a lack of action on men's part. So sure. that's my goal is to create something that actually holds guys accountable and gives them the ability to pursue some of the things that they know they should be doing in life. And that that's my goal. And I've got a whole backstory that goes along with that, that if you want, we can get into it. Or if you not, we don't have to. Either way, you tell me. We'll see. Maybe it'll come out during All the right. course of our conversation. <laughs> that's right. So you, um, the order of man, you know, what does it mean to be part of an order? I mean, it sounds kind of mystique-ish. Like, sure. Know, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, you know, a lot of, a lot of, uh, what I had growing up was through sports. You know, I played football, I wrestled, I also played baseball. I got some of that in the military. I was in the national guard and then mm. I served in Iraq in right. 2005, 2006. I was in Ramadi, Iraq. Okay. And I liken the term order to brotherhood where we have each other's back. We look after each other. We protect each other. We're willing to say the hard things that need to be said in order for us to accomplish what it is we want to accomplish in life. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you have to do you get a, like a secret handshake when you join the order, or do you no, have to wear like a, a robe at the? Uh, <laughs> at the no secret, no secret handshakes. Uh, facial hair is is a plus, but not a necessity. But uh, you know, it's it's pretty open. There's no, it's it's not a secret society. That's that's what I don't want it to be. I want right. this to be available for all men. So absolutely, it's available. Yeah, and how many people are part of it? Are participating in your programs and such? What? Well, we've got a we've got a lot of programs going on, a lot available. We have an open Facebook group, which is where a lot of the interaction happens, mm-hmm. and we've got I think we've got just under twenty five hundred guys on there right now, which okay. is pretty cool. Yeah. So we're literally having hundreds of conversations about self mastery and leadership and fitness, all the things that are important to guys. Right. 
And then I've got a uh, an elite mastermind group. So that one's a little bit more uh, intimate. There's 50 guys in that. And so we have deeper conversations into some of these things. And there's there's some different things built in for accountability reasons as well. Is that the Iron Council or is the Iron is, Council yeah. something different? Okay. No, that is the Iron Council. Yeah, that's the elite mastermind group, which is which has been pretty fun. We launched that January 1st and it's been exciting to, to move forward with it. That's neat. And is that do you have real world interaction with these folks or is it all virtual? As of right now, it's all virtual. We've got a uh, we've got a retreat lined up in the summer, which I'm gonna make sure everybody gets. But um, but that will incorporate some of the real world stuff that we'll be doing. But for now, it's all virtual, and I'm actually really surprised at the conversations and the depth and the vulnerability that we have. So it kind of tells me and leads me to believe that men are looking for a place to be real with other men. Right. That's pretty interesting. I think a lot of people are drawn to Seal Fit and Unbeal Mind our stuff for for a similar reason. You know, just to you know to feel whole and to feel like a, you know, well, for the guys to feel like a, a real man. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. To be part of, it. I mean, you think about life and for the most part, 90% of us out there are, you know, we get our college degree and we go do what it is we're supposed to do. And we get in that corporate environment. We sit in a cubicle for the next 40 years. And every time we go do some of this stuff, a little bit of our soul dies. I really believe that's right. what happens. And so seal fit and Kokoro camp and all these things that you're doing are the reasons, the reason that's so popular is because we need this stuff as men in our lives. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, um, do you have like specific practices or is it really about providing community and information? Give us the process. You know, what, how do we, how does someone become more of a man by engaging with your order? Yeah, definitely. Well, there's, there's a few key skill sets that I go into. And and again, it's not new information. We talked a little bit about this before we hit record. It's not new information. We're just holding people accountable to actually doing it. Mm -hmm. So we go through, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and that's the thing. I mean, if you type in any search in any search term in Google, what are you going to come up with millions or billions of results, right? right? So what's the disconnect from guys actually gaining this information and knowledge to actually implementing it in their lives? And that's the reason, another plug for your book, that's one of the reasons that I like the book is because you have exercises in there. Right. So it's not just about reading and gaining new information. It's about how do I then take this information and apply it? Yeah. And so I think the first thing we would encourage guys to do if they're interested is just to come check out the Facebook group and engage and start asking questions, be vulnerable, give insights. And uh, that's the first step into taking action towards what you know needs to be done in life. You already know the stuff. Now we need to implement it. Yeah. So what are your, like, for a guy out there who might be feeling, you know, or, or looking to get inspired by this podcast and might be feeling a little bit lost or like disconnected. It's really easy to feel disconnected in this society, which is so connected, right? Yeah, right. It's kind of an irony, right? So it is, you know, what are some of your insights based upon your work with this men's group that can help someone like this move toward, you know, feeling more complete, move toward, you know, stepping up their game? Sure. Yeah. I think there's a couple of things. There's a handful of items that I know have huge, huge implications and they're very small things that you can do. So number one is I think try to identify people in your life, men in particular, who are doing the things that it is you want to be doing because you're going to learn from them. And I think so many times what happens as men is we get into this default mode and we hang out with the guys who happen to be our coworkers or who happen to be our neighbors. And we aren't real deliberate about who we're actually reaching out to. Right. So I think first and foremost, just look around. I mean, who are the guys that are killing it? Who are the guys that are fit? Who are the guys participating in activities that you want to get involved with? I think identification is the first process. 
And then number two, I mean, now, if I could really, add to that saying, don't, yeah. don't forget number two, but this is, it's such an interesting concept because a lot of times we, we tell our kids, you know, Hey, the people you hang out with are going to, you know, be one of the most, one of the biggest influences in your life. So they always yeah. say, be careful, you know, who you allow your kids to hang out with. But that principle is equally as true for adults, isn't it? Oh, it is. Yeah. It's, so you're right on, you know, find a, uh, a group to hang out with who really are inspirational and living, you know, with integrity and honor. And, sure. you know, that's what SealFit is as well. Like we, we, we provide that community of like-minded people. And so we're really a lifestyle. And so people can tap into that lifestyle and, right. and begin to kind of have it rub off on you and to begin to model some of the behaviors. And the things that you're talking about are not easy. I mean, they're physically um, and mentally demanding, which is, sure. I think, what men really want deep down inside. That's what we want. We don't want to live these boring, stagnant lives that we've become accustomed to. So no. yeah, we're craving that. Um, but the, the, the reality is, is it's really easy to do is to just kind of live in default mode. It's really easy. And we <laughs> need to be intentional about stepping outside of that easy mode right. that we find ourselves trapped in. Right. So I think uh, to maybe to lead to that next point about this easy versus kind of this more difficult mode is to exert yourself and do something outside of the ordinary. Take a risk, do a challenge, push yourself a little harder than normally you would. I think when you surround yourself with the right people, number one, that's going to happen by default because if I'm hanging out with Mark Devine, I promise you that my mindset is going to change just because I'm spending time with you. And my physical uh, exercise and activity is going to change because I'm spending time with you and it's going to hurt at first. So I think we've really got to find a way to punch through that, I I guess, to take the first step towards getting outside of comfort and then punching through the discomfort of that first step. Yeah, absolutely. It's burning off resistance. You know, you think about just starting a workout regimen, you know, just starting it is the most important thing. And then as you mm-hmm. get more comfortable, your body gets used to it, you start to feel better, then you'll start to look forward to it. And pretty soon you're a fire breathing dragon, you know, it might take right. a year or so, but, and you know, anytime, anytime that we as men shy from a challenge, let's say we're maybe not feeling really up for it or we're a little burnout and we're like, oh, I'm just going to take a break. It just makes it worse. You know, oh, if yeah. you could just push through and step into a challenge, any type of challenge, you know, for me, it's just getting up and taking a cold shower. It's like, I, I don't really want to get in a cold shower. <laughs> of course. But, you know, I put my toe in it, and next thing I put my leg in it, and then I put my arm in it, right? And then I start, you know, putting some soap on my – and pretty soon my whole body's under there, and I'm really right. enjoying the cold shower, and I'm doing some breathing exercise, and I'm like, all right, what a great way to start the day, you know what I mean? Yeah. You've already done something a little bit challenging. Yeah, and you I feel totally good agree. About it. Cool. Well, and then we run across these excuses too. I mean, that, that's, the, that's the reality is that we always come up with excuses. And this is what I would say if you really want to step outside of this life of, of comfort and mediocrity is to take a good look in the mirror and figure out why you're not where you are telling yourself you want to be. So for example, if you're saying to yourself, hey, I want to be in better shape or I want to go run a Spartan race or whatever it is you want to do, ask yourself this question. Why am I not currently doing that? And a couple of things are going to happen when you do that. I think the first thing is going to happen is you're going to start identifying and coming up with some excuses as to why. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I'm really busy or I I don't want to take time away from my family or it's Mm -hmm. too hard or I can't get up. I mean, all these excuses. And the next question is, how does that excuse serve me? And what I think you'll find is that most of the excuses, 99% of the excuses that we tell ourselves 
don't serve us well in, and in a way that will actually help us accomplish what we say we want to accomplish. Right. Yeah, excuses are just part of your internal dialogue, right? And so if your internal mm-hmm. dialogue is coming up with reasons why you can't, then that's a negativity loop, right? So we need to adjust that and, and move toward a positivity loop that says I can or I will. And, th- and that's right. really the, the essence, you know, part of the essence of the Unbuilt Mind training. That's very cool. So let's talk about what is responsibility? Well, you know, if I were to say, hey, Ryan, give me a definition of responsibility. What do you think that is? Yeah, I think that there's personal responsibility and there's responsibility that we, we have signed up for. We've signed on the dotted line. So for myself personally, I have responsibility over myself, and that is to live the best life that I'm capable of living. So that's number one. But I've also signed up to take care of my family. I've got three kids, one on the way. I've got my wife. And I signed the dotted line that says, I'm responsible for you. I will take care of you. That's, that's a moral contract in my mind that I said I would do that. And when I shirk my responsibilities and I don't live up to my full potential, then I'm breaking the contract that I signed, for lack of a better term, with my kids and with my wife. Right. Uh, but we also have that with our clients. I mean, Mark, you, you, you talk about your clients, for example. You know, you, you've told them and committed to certain things to them. And when you don't live up to that, you're breaking that that contract morally and then also legally you're breaking that contract when you tell them you'll do things. So right. we've really got to be conscious about, hey, there's some obligations that we have as men that we've signed on the dotted line, even though maybe we <laughs> literally haven't signed a contract that we morally have an obligation to. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. A SEAL teammate of mine, Jocko Willink, wrote a book called Extreme Ownership. Oh, it's an amazing book. Yeah. Jocko is a real warfighter. And um and the concept is just, it's solid. And it's one that, you know, not, not all seals live by, but it's, it's a, it's certainly one that most try to live by. And, you know, the, the basic idea is that if you commit, right, if you take the mission, <laughs> then you take ownership for everything possible that exactly. you, you can, right? And so yeah. you're not going to the boss asking for anything that you can't figure out on your own with your own, you know, intelligence, your own resource. And, right. You know, and the question I always used to ask is, how can I make my boss's job easier, and take ownership for everything that I can in my sphere of influence? And to me, that's essentially what responsibility is. And the key to that, Ryan, as you're aware, is being cautious about what commitments you take on. Mm, yeah. Not shying from it. Not shying from uh, taking on commitments, but making sure they're the right commitments that you can take extreme responsibility for, because. You know, it's like it's like having a child out of wedlock and 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 not wanting to take care of the child. Well, you should have thought about that commitment before. Right, you, you know knew I mean? everybody. That's not a surprise of what happens, right? Right, exactly. And <laughs> you're going to have less than ideal results. Exactly. And you got you know. So thinking through those things in your life where you've got all these commitments that you're kind of lukewarm about, where you're not and you're not taking extreme ownership of or extreme responsibility for. You know, you're basically just you know, pissing your energy away and, yeah. and you're going to feel less than every time that you break a commitment or you don't exceed expectations on a commitment. So the best I'm thing actually to do- dealing with that, with that a little bit right now, there's, there's a, something going on in my business where I committed to, to do something and looking back, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have committed to doing that. And right. I was talking to my wife about this the other night and she said, well, you could do this and this and this. And at the end of the day, both of us decided, you know what, I've got to do what's right. And even though it's not necessarily the, the best thing right now, I said I would do it. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to learn from this that, not, that I shouldn't take commitments like that in the future. So it's a learning opportunity, but I still am going to fulfill the commitment. Right. 
Yeah, if you've committed, you got to do it. But there's times where you're like, damn, why did I commit to that? Oh, all the time, so right? The, right. Yeah. So the key is to learn how to say no up front. In fact, I'm dealing with it too, you know. And so, you know, I've got an executive coach. I'm sure you do. Everyone should have a coach. Even the coaches need coaches. That's right. And, um, you know, we're looking at the criterion for me to say yes and no to even podcasts because sometimes I'm, I feel like my entire week is – is now being spent, you know, doing doing podcasts and writing blogs, and, and I'm like, okay, right? Is that the best use of my time? It's not. Doesn't feel like it, right? So I think part of the issue is saying, you know, saying yes to the wrong ones and learning to say no and um, really putting the energy into the ones that need to get done. You know, right? Yeah, I think if we just got used to the phrase, this is my fault, right? I think if we just got used to that phrase a little bit more, I, number one, the world would be a better place. But number two, we would learn a lot more and reach our full potential a lot faster Right. Uh, if we if we said, you know, this is my fault. What can I learn from it? I mean, talking about Jocko, for example, I think there's a story in that book, and I read this about a month ago, uh, where he talks about he had to report to a commanding officer. And I can't really remember what the what the reason for that was, but it would have been very easy for him to blame the circumstance of the mission on uh, whoever else and whatever else and any outside factors. And at the end of the day, he ended up going to the commanding officer and saying, hey, this is my fault. And where maybe he would have got reassigned or demoted or something like that, they said they were shocked that he was actually willing to take the responsibility and and learn from it and develop. And he stayed in, in that position and, of course, learned and moved, moved on from it. So right. pretty cool scenario and example. That is cool. And accountability. So accountability is, to, you know, when I look at that word, I think it's kind of the other side of the coin from responsibility, right? I mean, if you take responsibility for something, if you take ownership, then you've got to be willing to be held accountable, like you just said with Jocko. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and the reality is, is that it's very easy, especially in, in, in this day and age, to not really be accountable because nobody's really going to be standing there making sure that you're doing all the workouts that you said you were going to do or making sure that you're fulfilling your commitments or living by your word or living the moral code that you've decided you want to live. Nobody's going to check on you on that stuff. Right. Right. And so you've got to be accountable to yourself. And I think the way that you do that, one of the practices that I've implemented in my personal life from military life, and I'm sure you have something similar, although you might call it something else, is an after action review. Right. Right. So I go through at the end of the day and I say, what did I accomplish today? What did I want to get accomplished? What went well? What didn't go well? And what will I do better tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And that's all my own personal accountability built in. But I've also got uh, other systems in place to make sure I'm accountable to other people as well that are going to hold my feet to the fire. Yeah, that's awesome. So let's talk about your life. Like, how, What's your day look like? What are some of the most powerful rituals that you have that ensure you stay, you know, you, you say right to the, you know, yes to the right things and you stay accountable and, you know, you take ownership. Sure. Yeah. The, the very first thing is just getting a workout in. So that for me is so, so valuable because I wake up and I do something hard within the first 30 minutes of getting out of bed. And it would be easy to, you know, roll out of bed, listen to the alarm, hit the snooze button. But if I start it deliberately, if I start by doing something hard, the day gets easier. If I start with something easier, the day gets harder. <laughs> I love that. For me. Yeah, so, that's back to the cold shower theory, right? That's right. Yeah, that's right. Oh, so like that, that workout, I happen to do CrossFit. It doesn't really matter if you agree with CrossFit or not. What mm-hmm. matters is that you're actually putting in some physical work and right. do that, whatever works for you. Right. Uh, that's big for me. But also being very deliberate about my day. So I've got a daily planner that I use that I just created on a spreadsheet. It's nothing special. But I go through and I say, okay, what is it that I need to get done? Mm-hmm. And what's the one or two things that if this is all I could do, that I would still be able to call today a success? Right. 
So I I don't want to live my life by somebody else telling me what to do, whether that's emailing me all the, all the things they need me to get done or on the phone all day long. I want to decide what I want to get done for the right reason. So I'm deliberate about that morning and what that actually looks like. And then the, the other key is obviously executing that throughout the day, but then going back and reviewing that because we all mess up. Yeah, absolutely. There's never been a day where I've got exactly done what I wanted to get done right. and how I wanted to do it and what or never. Right. But no, I never. can learn every day. So that's great. I mean, in fact, that that somewhat mirrors uh, our morning and our evening ritual. A morning ritual is, you know, to prepare to win in your mind for the day. And part of that is to make sure that you're really focused on the right thing and, and you know what the one thing is that you got you have to accomplish today sure. to move the dial. And then the evening ritual is really what we call a recapitulation where you go back and figure out where things went right, where things went wrong, what you could have done better, and you learn from it. And then you, yeah. you don't drag any kettlebells or regret to sleep with you. Yeah, the other thing that's been valuable for me, and I, and I, I don't want to use the term meditation, although meditation is something I'm looking into, especially mm-hmm. since our conversation on the podcast, mm-hmm. because I don't. I don't quote unquote formally meditate, but I do right. spend a lot of time reflecting and thinking. And I have actually incorporated your box breathing technique into just Sweet. calming down. Even when I get like a little road rage or mm-hmm. something, I'm like, all right, just breathe, box breathe, calm yeah. down. Well, Ryan, that's, Ryan, that's a form of meditation. So welcome to the club. Thank you. Thank you. I'm <laughs> glad to be here. Glad to be here. <laughs> it's powerful, isn't it? It's, it is. It's amazing. It's incredible. Just clears yeah. your mind and lets you get on track with what it, what it is, again, you want to accomplish and not letting right. outside factors determine your life. Right. Tell us um, some of the most interesting uh, kind of success stories from your tribe, you know, if you could. You know, you keep the details private, but, uh, you know, where, yeah. where have you seen some of the breakthroughs and how has it impacted the lives of the, of the folks in your order man group? Well, I'll give you a prime example, and I'm not going to use a story from anybody else. I'll give you an example of in my own personal life. Sure. Uh, okay. Seven years ago, so my son, my first son was one years old. And, uh, I, you know, I didn't have a permanent father figure growing up. I, I was a real jerk, man. I I wasn't good to my wife. I wasn't good to my son. I wasn't the kind of dad or husband I wanted to be. And there came this point where my wife and I decided, you know what, we've, we've got to call this quits. Like we can't continue to do this. I'm angry. I'm bitter. I'm resentful. She's angry, bitter, resentful. And I remember that night, like it was yesterday, us blowing up at each other and she left the next morning. And for a long time, Mark, I thought, how could she do this? How could she be disloyal? She doesn't appreciate me. She doesn't know what I'm working through or going through. What, you know, how could she take my son away from me? This is the scripts I was telling myself. And I don't know why this happened, but somewhere along the way, I decided, you know what? Maybe it's not her fault. Maybe I'm the one who has let her down. Maybe I'm the one that failed her. Maybe I'm the one who dropped the ball and didn't do what I needed to do as a husband. And so I went on this mission and I started searching for ways to improve myself. I stopped trying to chase her down and stopped trying to change her. And I worked on myself. And when I began to do that, take accountability, responsibility for my own decisions and decide that this is my fault. I'm telling you, Mark, it was like a switch flipped and she, you know, she came back, we worked through our issues I'm not always the greatest husband. I'm not always the greatest father, but it's things that I'm working on. We're working on it together. And as of this year, we'll be married 13 years. So, but that's, that's what we're talking about. Accountability. And it was hard, man. It was hard to look in the mirror and say, no, Ryan, you're the one who's the asshole. You're the one who's not doing what needs to be done. And that was a hard, hard thing to do, but it was what needed to be done to improve in my life. That's amazing. Very cool. 
Very cool. So where do you see this all going? I mean, what's your, what are your goals? Ooh, that's a good, you know, I, I think about that. It's hard for me to say that, you know, in the next year, the next five years or 10 years, this is what it will look like. But really what I want to do is I want to create just this amazing resource and organization and tribe where guys can come and they can be vulnerable and they can figure out what it means to be a man and they can develop relationships with each other. They can lead each other. They can help each other out. They can be resources for each other. They can get in each other's face. I mean, sometimes we need that as guys. We don't want to be uh, coddled and, and cuddled. We want, hey, you're not doing what you need to be doing, so let's get on it. That's what I want. And right. so I really want to create this resource where we can do it. But more importantly than that, I want to bridge the gap between knowledge and application. There's so much information out there, but how do we how do we take this and put it to work? And so there's a lot of um, uh, psychology that goes behind. I'm sure you've heard of gamification, and and obviously it just comes down to tracking and measuring right. your progress. And right. in a way, I know this sounds really funny. But in a way, I think it would be cool if we could gamify masculinity so that we actually have challenges and missions and things that we're trying to accomplish that will help us be better men and therefore help us get what it is we want, help others get what it is they want. <laughs> that's so awesome. I don't know. I don't know what that looks like, Mark. That's, but that's where my mind's at right now. Well, I mean, Kokoro Camp is basically manhood gamified. You just gotta really, you know, be be willing to get your ass kicked for. That's 50 right. Hours, that's right? right. Yeah, which I am going to attend at some point. I do want oh, to attend. Good. All right, so, well, I look forward to that. That'll be great. Yeah. So you, what you need to do is now commit to it. That's right. And then <laughs> prepare for it and then get your ass on the grinder out here. That's what you need to do, Ryan. That's right. All right. So, I'm gonna, so when we get off this uh, conversation, I'm going to look at the schedules and Good. get something figured out. Awesome. See, I'm holding you accountable, man. Love it. Love your, it. your tribe would love to track you and follow you on that process because it's, it's such an amazing journey. And, and you can share it with your peeps and maybe some of them would be inspired to yeah. step up their game physically, mentally, and emotionally, you know, with seal fit type stuff. Well, and I mean, that's, that's cool. a great point because here, here's the deal. If, if I've got 2,500 guys watching what I'm doing, yeah. there's no way that I want to fail. You won't fail. And, right. And so, man, these guys are going to hold me accountable, even if it's not, you know, actually talking with me, but just knowing that I've got to report to these guys. So there's right. something to be said for building and rallying people around you that are going to be supportive sure. and, and, uh, and help you succeed. Well, and, and you just hit on a, a really important point about a tribe like what you've created or Unbeatable Mind or Seal Fit is that you do things publicly, right? You publicly declare you're going to go to Kokoro, then all of a sudden it, it changes the energy. You know what I mean? Right, you're much right. le less likely to back out. We just yeah. had a Kokoro camp last week and we had 15 people enrolled and nine showed up. Oh, really? Right. Now, I think one of those was a mistake on our part, like a tracking error or something like that. But there, there literally were at least, you know, four people or five people who did just didn't get on the plane or get in right. the car to come. And, right. and we find that that's not uncommon. And I think part of that is because they're, they're kind of doing it in the shadows. They make a lukewarm commitment and they forget their why. And when it comes time to actually show up and put out, they just, they just can't do it. They don't have the heart for it. You know, right. sometimes right. they call and, and try to transfer to another camp or they just don't show up. They literally <laughs> forfeit $2,000. Yeah. Because they're yeah. afraid of the pain. That's pretty interesting. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it really is. I like that. Yeah. being yeah. And that goes back to what you were saying earlier, just about making sure that you, you know, you commit to it and you put yourself out there and you just do what you, what it is you say you're going to do. Yeah. It's that simple. It's just do it. Like Nike says, you know, That's right. if you say you're going to do it, do it. Don't say you're going to do it if you're not going to do it. Right. I mean, how simple is that? It comes back to getting smart about what you commit to. You yeah. Know? 
You know, what's really funny is I'm a financial advisor by trade. That's my mm-hmm. background. And I will, somebody will call me inevitably. Somebody will call me and say, Hey Ryan, I need to get my finances in order. Can we take care of some investments and things like that? Sure. Let's do it. And, and it just kind of him haws around and they never get together. They reschedule their appointments and then I'll run into him at lunch and they'll say something like, Oh yeah, I still want to get with you. And right. then a month later I'll run into him at the store. Oh yeah, I still want right. to get with you. Right. It's like, you know what? You don't need to say that. We can still be friends if you want to get together, great, let's do it. But if not, you don't need to say you want to. Let's just be friends and have another conversation. It's okay. Right. So, yes, right. yes. Say what you're going to do and don't say what you're not going to do. Ultimately, that's what integrity is, right? When, you, when what you think and what you say and what you do are all the same. And yes. How hard is that, though, for most people? Because we haven't been taught that. A lot of us, you know, I think you mentioned this in your bio when, when, I, when we last talked, is that you, you had a childhood where you didn't have a strong father figure. So you didn't have any modeling right. for integrity. And I think that's what's happened in our society. Is society is not modeling integrity. And families, a lot of families aren't modeling integrity. And so you and I are basically trying to figure out how can we, how can we model integrity and train integrity along with a lot of other really, you know, powerful values and character traits. Sure. But yeah. it's got to start with integrity. You know, if you commit to doing Coral Camp or 20X or you commit to the paying the order of man, then, then follow through with it and learn right. and grow. And if you find at some point in time that you've learned enough or you kind of need to move on, fine. Well, cool. Great. Commit to moving on. You know, yeah. that's great. That's actually a good point because I think a lot of people in my experience, and, and this happens with not just men, but women as well, is that, we think that our next decision is our final decision. And we think that we're going to pigeonhole ourselves. So if I say, well, I'm going to go to Kokoro camp or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that, then all of a sudden that limits myself and I almost feel like I'm boxed into this little thing because we don't think we can make changes. And that's part of adaptability and and changing and and looking at the environment, whatever that environment, whether it's economy or your relationship, and knowing that I can make adjustments along the way. I don't have to be so rigid in the way I'm going about doing things. Right. Agree. What's the, uh, what's cool. the, uh, the motto for the Navy SEALs? Well, there's a bunch of them, but one that most people kind of think of is the only easy day was yesterday. I was referring to the, the, um, what is it? It's something about Gumby, if I remember right. Oh, Semper Gumby. Right? That's right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Semper. So the Marine Corps Semper Fi, which means always faithful, which is great. And, you know, SEALs, SEALs are faithful as well, but sure, for, for the SEALs, you know, SEALs are kind of uh, goofballs in a lot of times. And so they picked <laughs> up on that and they said, you know, SEALs are Semper Gumby, always flexible. Gumby right, being the right. little uh, rubber man guy. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So SEALs are flexible and it's important to, um, you know, I, I got, I get flack from, uh, from my work because, you know, as, as a business leader, I'm, I tend to change my mind a lot. It's strange. I don't know if you find yourself doing this, but th- you know, things happen so fast and we're working with imperfect information. And I think I go down one road thinking this, Hey, this is it. And then, you know, all of a sudden I realize that, you know, it's not it or it's incomplete because I tend to operate on 80, 20 solutions. I just, I just want 80% and then I execute on it. And then invariably I have to shift fire and Hopefully those shift fires are, at first, sometimes they're big, but they get smaller and smaller and smaller until you get pretty close to the target. But, you know, the staff, if they're not completely read in or even believing that that's a good model, it can be disconcerting. You know, if, if someone mm-hmm. needs a perfect plan before they execute, that environment is really hard for them. So Right, right. Yeah, uh, I get a lot of questions along the lines of, well, Ryan, when, when do you quit or when do you throw in the towel or when do you know enough is enough? And my answer to that is you, you don't quit. You never quit. That doesn't mean that you have to follow the same path because right. when you go forward, you're going to learn something new. 
And when you learn something new on the path that maybe isn't directly the, the right exact way to be or the, the right path to be on, you're going to learn that new stuff. So you never quit. You just adapt. You just change. You just right. move and you tweak a little bit as you have to. You fail forward as fast as possible. Right. Right. <laughs> yep. Yep. That is awesome. So if people want to learn more about your stuff, uh, about your program, where do they go? Where do they find it? Yeah. So the best thing, if you go to our website, orderofman.com, that's okay. that's a lot of the the blog and the podcast. If right. you're interested in joining the, the closed Facebook group, you can go to, let's see, facebook.com slash groups slash order of man, 2,500 guys roughly over there that are having some really cool conversations. We'd love to have anybody join in, in with that. Um, we'd love their insights and, and be able to help where we can. Awesome. All right, folks, you heard that. Go check out uh, Ryan and his order man. And hopefully, well, not hopefully, we'll look forward to seeing Ryan in uh, Seal Ficker Coral Camp. And hopefully, That's we'll, right. you know, this is where I can say hopefully, hopefully we'll see some of your other order man peeps, you know, take a look, maybe read Unbeatable Mind or The Way of the Seal and and hopefully you can share that information with them so that we can uh, cross-pollinate and, you know, all work together to, um, to get mentally tough and uh, more resilient and, and more manly. Of course. We're <laughs> all over it. You're, like I said, I, I read that book, and, and I'm a, I've been impressed with our couple of conversations and the information you shared with me. So, you, as, so your, your information has been valuable in my life, so I appreciate awesome. you. Thank you, Ryan. appreciate your time. And, um, Folks, uh, that's it for today. Thanks so much for, uh, for your time and attention and support. And uh, go ahead and support Ryan. He's doing important work. Spread the word. As usual, train hard, stay focused, have fun, and I'll see you next week. Hoo-yah. First and final. Lock it low, boys. Time to explode, boys. Make sure you get home, boys. They got your back. The pride of the fleets. The bright swinging frogmen. Of the youth